Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of Matthew. And we're in the 21st chapter of Matthew, and we just read an account, the first 17 verses, of where Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a coat. What I want us to do now is go to Mark and Luke and John, who all have uh, an account of what was going on. And I think it would do us well to check this out, okay? So I'm hoping to get through Mark and Luke today. We'll see what happens, okay? So this is Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Hear what happens. Verse 1. As they approach Jerusalem at and the city is actually, sometimes you'll hear it pronounced more often than not, is Bethphage. That's always bothered me because I knew that wasn't um, the way you say that city. So I actually went and looked it up a while ago. And nowadays it's, it's really cool. You can get online and there'll be a voice there that will tell you how to say these things. So it's actually pronounced Beth, Bethphage. Bethphage. Bet, B-E-T-H, that's the Hebrew Bet. P-H-A, fa, it's pronounced fa. Then G-E is gay, like G-A-Y, G-A-Y, bet for gay. So I'm going to start trying to say that properly. <laughs> it's always bothered me for years and years that I, that I couldn't say that correctly. So here they come. They approach Jerusalem at bet for gay and at Bethany. Bethaniah, Bethany is what we call it, but it's Bethany. So these are near the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples of his and said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. So note the detail. Jesus says, I want you to go, go across the village, cross the way there. When you, right when you come into that village right there, you're going to see a coat on the right. Nobody's ever sat on that coat. And I want you to untie it, and I want you to bring it to me. We learned from Matthew that there was also a donkey and a coat. The coat was the foal, okay? Verse 3, if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? You say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it back here. Jesus tells them not only what might happen, because notice he says, if anyone says this to you, then do this. But this is what did happen, as we're about to see. So Jesus is telling them where to go. He's telling them what to do. He's telling them what to say. Hmm. I wonder if there's anything we could glean from this, folks. <laughs> Think about this. I'm quite serious. Sometimes we read these accounts and we go, oh, well, this was Jesus, and it's just when Jesus was here on earth, and that's just the way it was. Or oh, these are the disciples, and so, you know, they were extra special people, so we shouldn't expect uh, to have anything at all like this in our own lives. Let me tell you, I think we do a grievous disservice to the kingdom of God when we act that way, when we do that kind of stuff. Jesus told them where to go. He told them what to look for. He told them what to do. He told them what to bring. He told them what to say if they encountered something. If somebody says, what are you doing? You say the Lord has need of it. And then he told them what the outcome would be lest there be any fear and any apprehension on doing what the Lord told them to do. He says, when you say this, immediately he will send it back here. So notice Jesus is getting pretty precise right here. Not only is he telling them, here's what's going to happen. Okay, 
And he says, if anyone says anything to you, then Jesus lets them know that it's going to be a he that says it. Now, in the Matthew and the Mark account, which we're about to read, it's going to say that some people there said something to him about it. When you get over to Luke, you find out that Luke says, oh, the owners said something to him. So we learn more and more about this. But, folks, here's the thing that I've got in the back of my mind is moving to the forefront of my mind. What if we lived in this way with this expectation? What if we lived with the expectation that the Lord will reveal to us, that he will tell us, that he will instruct us, that he will show us, that he will command us, that he will reveal things to us that we don't know but we need to know, and he'll reveal them when we need to know it. Here he told them exactly what was going to happen. Look what happened in verse 4. They went away and found the coat tied at the door outside in the street, and they untied it. Some of the bystanders were saying to them, What are you doing untying the coat? They spoke to them just as Jesus had told them, and they gave them permission. So we see that they gave permission. Again, when we get over to uh, Luke, we're going to see that the owners, so there's plural, that's probably a family or something like that. We simply don't know. They gave them permission just as Jesus told them. Catch that again in verse 6. They spoke to them just as Jesus had told them, and they gave permission. They brought the coat to Jesus and put their coats on it, and he sat on it. Now think about this. Everything is going exactly the way that Jesus had said. Do you think that some of these disciples who were hearing this and that were living through this, that perhaps they started thinking about some things? What had Jesus been telling them all along? He'd been telling them more and more in recent days, hey, we're going to Jerusalem, and the reason I'm going is I'm going to be brought before the religious powers that be, and I'm going to be killed. But don't worry about it. I'm going to rise again on the third day. All this stuff, this stuff was coming true. Here they are in Jerusalem. Well, let's continue. Verse 8. And many spread their coats in the road, and others spread leafy branches which they had cut from the fields. So do you see what's happening? They're, they're preparing a way for the king. They're about to say that in just a moment. But do you see the immediacy of it? People, they were taking off their clothes. They're taking off their coat and laying their coat down. Some people didn't have a coat to lay down, so what do they do? They went out into the fields. Okay, They ran out in the fields. You, you see that it's such a spontaneous thing. And they're wanting to worship. They're wanting to be a part of this preparing and making straight the way of the Lord here in Jerusalem. Verse 9, those who went in front and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we've already seen that this is a, a quote right of, out of uh, Psalm 118. They were declaring that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the Lord. He is the one that had been prophesied. And so they're shouting, Hosanna. What does Hosanna mean? <clears throat> well, we use it as a, uh, a declaration, an exclamation of uh, praise, of adoration. That's great. That's fine. But it literally means this. Save. Save now. Help now. Okay? After a period of time, it became that, that acclamation type of thing. But whenever you're saying Hosanna, you're literally saying, Lord, save me now. Lord, help me now. So they're saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Then verse 10. 
Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Now, that first part, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that's a, a quote out of the Old Testament. Verse 10 isn't. This is what the people were saying. They were conflating all the truths they knew out of the Scripture and realizing, wait a minute, this is the Messiah right here. And he says, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Well, how can David's kingdom be coming? David was dead. <laughs> yeah, but when you read the Old Testament, and you read the New Testament, uh, particularly like Ezekiel 37, you find out that David is going to rule and reign over his people forever, forever. They knew this. Last verse here, verse 11. Obviously, we're not going to go over into Luke. Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple. And after looking around at everything, he left for Bethany with the twelve since it was already late. So he looks around. Matthew tells us that he comes in and does what? He turns the tables, right? So are they at conflict? No, no, no. They just have different purposes and different things. Remember, Matthew was writing to a group of people that were predominantly believers that came out of Judaism. So he was really focusing on what was going on in the temple. Mark was writing about the Son of God to a group of Gentiles who didn't care that much about the temple. You can see it in what they emphasize. Well, anyway, my time's up. I'll see you the next time. We'll continue. Okay?